BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Don't skip ahead yet because then I'm not going to be your friend anymore. (laughs) But if you're not subscribed to the Friday After Party podcast on our Patreon page, you're missing a giant chunk of our weekly podcast shenanigans here on the show. Seriously, here's what the After Party is all about. It's essentially me and Kimberly Johnson talking about politics and entertainment, but also we talk a lot about private revealing things in our personal lives. It's an uninterrupted 90 minutes where it's kind of like eavesdropping on an evening chat between me and Kimberly, far more personal than the free shows, but with all the latest political commentary in there too so don't miss out subscribe to the after party level at patreon.com slash bob show and you're also going to get two shadow docket shows included in that level of support again it's patreon.com slash bob show and now let the cartoons begin the bob seska show bob seska i think it's the best show on the air ever that has been it's weird how good it is it's so strange the bob seska show from our nation's capital, it is Thursday, February 15, 2024. This is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi there, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 1,121 of the Biden-Harris administration, 265 days until the 24th presidential election. You can find me on threads and Instagram at Seska, Twitter, Seska underscore go. I'm also active on Blueski now. The Blueski website, so you can find me there. I have no idea what my handle is over there. Probably my name is in there somewhere. Bob Seska somewhere. And plus our Patreon page is bobseskashow.com, and those people are the goth ninjas. Yeah. It is Jody Hamilton, the executive producer, the showrunner from the Stephanie Miller Show. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Stephanie Miller Show. Also, stephaniemiller.com and sexyliberal.com. David Ferguson, we sometimes call him T-Rex, has a music project, and it is called Astral Summer. And you can support that music project by going to patreon.com slash astralsummer. Also, astralsummer.bandcamp.com. Take your pick. Oh, by the way, it is my guitar player's birthday today. It's David Martin of Astral Summer's birthday. Big 4-0. Yeah. Um, Oh, he's a baby. He's a little teeny tiny baby. Yeah, kind of a babe too. He's really the good-looking one in this band, Uh, you know. And uh, Donna Halper had a a birthday yesterday, and we celebrated on the show. And I actually sang to her briefly. I did my very best. I want to hear that, Marilyn Monroe. I'm listening to this weekend. Happy. Yes, I did. Happy birthday, birthday, Donna (laughs) Halper. Yeah. 
And of course, Donna Halper is wonderful. You should be listening to every guest appearance she has on the big Wednesday show. And yesterday was uh, no exception to that. So, and by the way, I- I've been talking to Donna. I think it's in late April when we celebrate the 50th anniversary of Donna Halper playing Rush on WMMS in Cleveland for the very first time. So she was a toddler is what you're telling me. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was 50 years ago. We're coming up on the 50th anniversary of yeah. that. And that, of course, introduced Rush, the greatest band in the universe, to American audiences <laughs> for the first time. So, Have you read My Freaking Life? I have. I have. I not only read it, but I also listened to Getty Lee's audiobook version of my It keeps getting life. suggested to me as an audiobook, and I, every time it comes up, I'm like, boy, he has nice hair. God, I, Next. Sh- <laughs> I, I, I so strongly recommend reading that book. Even if you're not a big Rush fan, this is so invaluable. Some of the information and some of the stories and some of the tales, uh, good and bad, I think it's very informative and very insightful, obviously, if you're a musician, if you're a recording artist, to uh, check out that book. Because, look, I mean, the thing about Rush, even if you don't like their music, and by the way, I hate you if you don't like their music. I'm just saying. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But also, just the amount of integrity that the guys from Rush had, just inspiring. And it's one of those things where not only do I love the music, but I also love the musicians in the band and admire them greatly for their integrity and their work ethic and their ability to stay together as one three-piece band for more than four decades. That's an enormous feat. Anyway, so yeah, strongly recommend My in Life. Plus, there's a chapter, which we talked about on the show yesterday with Donna, where Getty tells the story about his parents and the Holocaust and how they met in oh, wow. uh, Auschwitz. Whoa, really? Yeah. Whoa, wow. so I did not know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His parents, his family members, many of his family members were uh, killed in the Holocaust. His parents oh my God. amazingly oh, man, survived. So yeah, they survived Bergen-Belsen. They survived Auschwitz. It was an incredible thing. And one of the reasons he tells those stories is wow. because people are forgetting. And they're embracing it all over again, making the same mistakes all over again. And, and Getty is very clear about the importance of presenting these stories and making sure they're fresh in our memories so that we don't repeat the same mistakes all over again, which we seem to be, but you know. Oh, you know, there's a, a mini series or a series on Apple Plus called The New Look Yeah. about the Nazi occupation of Paris during World War II and like wow. the fashion community. Yeah, yeah. Like Juliette Binoche plays a deliciously bitchy Coco Chanel. <laughs> oh my God. That may be the and gayest Christian sentence Dior. you've ever said right there. I know, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe like, um, yeah. Yeah. But there was a whole thing on the Stephanie Miller show this week about fashion gays, whether or not Chris Lavoie is a fashion gay, which it's been established. He's not. He's too much workout gear. Yeah. He's not. No, no, no. He didn't even know what a shrug was for fuck's sake. He's not a gay. He's not a fashion gay at all. Yeah. I'm not. I'm staying out of the evaluation. I'm just bringing it up as a topic. (laughs) I don't want to get anywhere near this. I don't know. Because I don't want to piss off. He agrees that that is the case. Well, there's a couple of people I strive to never piss off. Lawrence O'Donnell and Chris Lavoie. I just do not want to be on <laughs> Chris Lavoie's Chris Lavoie's just going to like crush your head between his palms like an egg or something? I think, like, no, with his fingers. Yeah, with like, his fingers. It, like kids in the hall. Crush your <laughs> yeah, head. I'm crushing your head. But it's that look. He'll just flash me that look with those eyes and I'll be like, ah, oh, fuck, I'll just melt into the ground. Yeah, we call that gay face. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> is that what it is? 
Yeah, yeah. Or did yeah. you just make that up? Is that is no, that no? No, it's like actually like <laughs> the one Gay time face. I was about to meet one of my heroes, Michelangelo Senioreal. I was like, is oh, that Michelangelo Senioreal? Is yeah. that one of those like dearly coast convention things? And I was like, yeah. I think it is. And my friend's like, he's got total gay face. And he totally looked at us and gave us the face. And I was like, oh, it's got to go. Oh, now. so you got the gay face from Michelangelo Signorelli. Huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's I great. Didn't get yeah. to meet him that day. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, I think if you had like the, the, the Venn diagram of people who've probably gotten that face is pretty large. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, just remind me never to be the recipient of, of that kind of face. <laughs> I just don't want to be on the receiving end of it. But, you know, we turn now to the uh, tragic, once again, another tragedy in, uh, 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 involving guns, this time in Kansas City, during the Chiefs Super Bowl celebration yesterday. And naturally, we all thought, oh, shit, well, here they go. This is retaliation against Taylor Swift, against Chiefs, against Todd Kelsey? Taylor? What? Who's the Kelsey Travis. guy? <laughs> Travis Kelsey. Travis. But the dreamy one is his huge bear brother, Jason. Yeah, he's oh got a God. big brother. <laughs> Was it his brother, Jason, who's in that new yelling meme that's getting circulated? Where he's. No, that's no, Travis Kelsey. That's, oh, that's Travis. Coach. That's him. That's but the his guy. His brother yelled at Travis. His brother yelled at Travis for yelling at Coach Reed. But Coach Reed and Travis Kelsey get along just fine. It was a it's Super a Bowl. Stressful Tensions are up. Work. Okay. I mean, you know, that was. Uh, Andy Reed and him are. Psst, Fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I sport the sport, so. One person was killed and 22 others were injured, including children, right. officials said. Three of the victims remain in critical condition as of right mm -hmm. now, so we could have uh, more deaths coming out of this. Three people are in custody, two of whom are juveniles. So there were people actually who tackled the shooters. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. A man named Trey Filcher and a man yeah. named uh -huh. Paul Contreras. Uh, Trey Filter's wife, whose name I didn't catch, uh, was the person who grabbed the gun up off the ground to get it out yeah. of the shooter's reach. Oh, my um, God. And handed yeah. it over to the police. But they apparently just, like, someone said, grab him. And the guy, then uh, they just, both those guys were just like, okay. And they jumped the guy and grabbed him and pinned him. Yeah. And yeah. the gun fell out of his hand when he hit the ground because he hit the ground pretty hard, apparently. Yeah, uh, you can see there's video of it. There's like aerial footage yeah. of these guys tackling one of the shooters. And yeah, it's pretty harrowing. And one of the there's things just I. too many fucking guns on the street in this. Yes. I mean, and our whole idea that like if you get mad, grab a gun mm -hmm. is. Well, and there were 800 people with guns that were good guys at yeah. that. <laughs> right. Meaning the police officers that were there along the parade route. Exactly fucking right. Gil, lots of good guys with guns. And 800 at least. Mm-hmm. There it is. There were people but on see, the See, you've got a running shooter, someone who's fired shots and is running away. It, it's so hard to hit a moving target, and there's people everywhere. Mm -hmm. So 800 guns is not going to do any fucking good. No, yeah, of course yeah. not. Unless everyone's on the ground except the shooter. So it, it doesn't work that way. People mm -hmm. just run. They don't think. I was surprised it's, that there weren't any tramplings. I, I'm not I trying to be morbid about this, but when you have a giant crowd like that in a panic situation, yeah. it's... Well, they're outside. Yeah, it's kind of amazing that there wasn't anyone trampled in the main. And I think they had already started to disperse so it wasn't as concentrated yeah officials say they do not believe the motive was terrorism and that the shooting was the result of dispute between several people as we said here uh so uh janelle duncan a longtime chiefs fan who has attended every super bowl victory parade for the team had to climb over a fence to escape what she described as a chaotic scene she said we just heard a bunch of popping noises and people started scurrying around duncan said some people were yelling duck and run and there's a shooter 
someone was yelling that a lady got shot and then another guy was yelling, come on, you guys, it's fireworks, false alarm. We were just trying to get out of there as quickly as possible, but everybody was running in different directions. She said in a phone interview, nobody could move more than a few inches at a time. See, to me, that's the nightmare scenario. Yeah. yeah. That not only you're panicking, not wanting to be shot, but for someone like me who has raging claustrophobia, that oh, would, I would yeah. just lapse into a panic attack. I'd probably <laughs> pass out right there in the middle of the crowd. She said there was a Kimberly big. Kimberly would be there going, Bob, take a deep breath. Yeah, Bob, Kim- Kimberly would know? have to throw me over her shoulder and haul me out of there. <laughs> She's like the one person in the crowd that could carry you. Yeah, as I'm having a severe anxiety <laughs> attack from being like trapped. You know, that's like the worst case scenario for me is being trapped somewhere. Uh, there was a big tall fence, this person said, and everybody pushed and pushed until they could knock the fence partway down, and then wow. we all climbed up it. Before the shots rang out, Duncan of Kansas City said the atmosphere was completely peaceful until it wasn't, until people decided, hey, let's go to a Super Bowl celebration with our guns. Oh, I'm sure they weren't the only ones because it's an open carry state. It's a concealed carry state. There are literally no gun safety laws in Missouri. That's right. Plus, I'm waiting for Trump to say he's praying for the people of Kansas. No, he's not going to say that. He's oh, going to say we have to get over it. That. Yeah, he's going to say we, yeah. we have to get over it like last time. He's already said something about the Kansas City Chiefs being from Kansas. Was, oh, he did not. He did. He did. And I can't remember where it was, but it was, yeah. No, he doesn't yeah. know that there's a... No, yeah. it's Kansas City, Missouri, you dipshit. Yeah. And even I know that. And I'm not a sports ball guy. And, and I was aware. I, I was. I understand the sports ball. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jody. You're the sports ball whisperer. Translator, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> But yeah, the other thing here is the prevailing notion, especially among gun owners, that the only way we can resolve our problems is at the point of a gun, by shooting at the problem. And who's telegraphing that kind of attitude? I always bring this up because it's an important factor in all of this. Even this election cycle, (laughs) wasn't there a Republican candidate running who had a fucking flamethrower? Yeah. In an ad. The woman, wasn't it? Yeah. She was burning books. Yeah. Yeah. She had like a super soaker that she was using as a fucking flamethrower. And it was, it was actually kind of a pathetic flamethrower. Like the squirting was, was very flaccid. (laughs) And then on top of everything else, Donald Trump over the weekend pledged that if he becomes president again, he's going to repeal all gun control laws. Yep. I guess all the federal ones. He said, I'm going to get a stack of executive orders. And he's telling the NRA this. He was at the NRA event over the weekend. and said Why that- do they still exist? This is the thing. They're like an openly criminal organization. Everyone on the NRA's top brass has been found guilty pretty much of embezzling, yeah. of buying yachts and fancy, ugly, ugly suits right. that cost thousands of dollars with donor money. And yet, here they are. Yep. Yep, it's rich people. It's rich financiers who support the MAGA agenda who are propping up the NRA. And of course, what you can do in this country a lot of times is you can shut down an entire corporation or a nonprofit or whatever, uh, start an all new one, brand it with the same branding, and there it is. It's back. It's like this zombie curse on the United States, the existence of the NRA. And of course, there are other Uh, gun lobbyist groups that are equally, if not more powerful than the National Rifle Association, who are pumping all kinds of money into this cause, which is obviously manifesting more and more proliferation of firearms in this country. The fact that we've got more guns in this country than we have people, 
that's right there an epidemic in and of itself. And then we've got this, as I was saying, we've got this attitude that's driven by certainly our political leadership, but also to an extent pop culture and so forth that says, you know what, if you can't solve a problem with your words, use your fucking gun. In fact, forget the words, just start with the gun and then sort things out later. And we see that, we see example after example after example. Take us- that woman that went charging into Joel Osteen's church last weekend. She apparently had been threatening her neighbors with guns for years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she was schizophrenic and could still get guns because it's fucked up. Yeah. Didn't Donald Trump have something to do with that too? Yes, he did. He stopped having mental, uh, people with mental issues. They can now get guns. Yep. So there it is again, and we sit here, and the countdown to the next one begins in five, four, three, two... It'll be sometime in the next few days. Yeah, yeah. And we just have to resist the urge to get complacent about all of it as though, yeah, okay, fine, it's happening again, whatever, what's next? Is there a Super Bowl on this weekend? Everyone resigns themselves thinking, well, we're just going to have mass shootings now. It's like, "Uh, well, we're just going to have COVID now. Fuck it. So uh, that's why it's so important that we keep reinforcing why this is dangerous and why it's Mm. got to end this proliferation of firearms and the usage of them. It's amazing to me that in Australia, they were like, we're not going to do this anymore. They had one major mass shooting and they were like, people were like, you know what? I don't need this. Melt them them down, which is exactly what they did. They did a whole gun buyback program for semi-automatic rifles and things like that, AR-15s and the like, and they melted them down, which is exactly what you should do. And it worked. It worked out quite well. But we can't do that because this Second Amendment has no exceptions. Every other amendment in the Constitution, there are myriad exceptions. There are myriad exceptions to free speech and freedom of the press and so forth. But when it comes to that Second Amendment, can't have any exceptions. And Donald Trump's going to make sure that there are no exceptions remaining as far as the law goes as he uh, attempts to use his dictatorial powers or his would-be dictatorial powers to uh, make it much, much easier to get a firearm in this country, no matter who you are or what you've done. And uh, that's one of many, many tragedies we face if Donald Trump becomes president again. We are, by the way, going to talk about John Stewart later in the show because I finally did watch the uh, site. I watched the whole entire episode, but mainly that first 20 minutes. And then I watched his guest from The Economist later in the show, which didn't help at all. Didn't solve anything for me. Everybody says they read and nobody reads. Yeah. The <laughs> that's, that's right. I, I, I don't know. I've been getting weird, like red pill energy off John Stewart lately, and I don't. I'm not into it. Yeah, well, just to set up the scene uh, for later, one of the things that set me off happened a few years ago when Jon Stewart was on with Stephen Colbert. And I still love Stephen Colbert. I think he is the gold standard. He is wonderful. He is smart. Nevertheless, Jon Stewart was amplifying all of the COVID conspiracy theories. He even said... I remember that. And he was like, the end of the world's going to come because some scientist in the lab went, whoa, it worked. Yeah, yeah. He was saying that coronavirus is on the name of the Wuhan lab building. Like no. it's it's on the building, coronavirus. How could it not be a lab leak and all that stuff? He was saying this several years ago before we had any real information about and any of by it. By the way, coronaviruses have been around since the dawn of time. Sure they That's have. That's what a cold is, mm-hmm. okay? So everybody that freaked out because they saw it on like a... Fantastic ball, you know, something, yeah, yeah. cleaners. It helps, you know, kill coronaviruses. It's like, because that's 
a common cold, but also, also just, a coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So just get over it, people. It's not influenza. COVID is related to the cold, only it's a deadly version. Thank you. <clears throat> but lab leak, you know, it could have been a lab leak because, but it, that, that is who like cares? there's a leap there. It's a translation error mm-hmm. where the people mm-hmm. who are like the, you know, the Joe Rogan people hear lab leak and they think it was a manufactured bioweapon. Yeah. And that right. is a whole order of magnitude apart from just an accident, like a worker in a lab was exposed to a virus they were studying mm-hmm. and took it home. Yeah. You know, right. it's like, that's, I mean, but well, that's, uh, that's how people go from Joe Biden has a stutter to Joe Biden is cognitively impaired. And exactly. That's immensely fr- That's a gigantic leap from people who have no sense whatsoever. It's like the Bill Frist thing. Remember when Bill Frist diagnosed yeah. uh, Terry Schiavo as having, as being, uh, God, that takes me back. Wasn't it from the Senate floor that he diagnosed yeah. her? Yeah. <laughs> from thousands of miles away. So uh, she's fine. You got to let her, D- don't unplug her because she's still got brain activity. Uh, apparently frustrates me to no end. And we're going to talk about that in, in a bit here too. But before we talk about all of that, uh, Trump's hush money trial, uh, is going to start on March 25th. So Donald Trump's first Criminal trial has a date. That's when jury selection starts, March 25th. It's uh, rigged. It's rigged. It's rigged. <laughs> That's right. So tell me, Bob, did he have a meltdown after this? Did you get to watch yeah. it? Uh, he did a thing. He did his whole accordion hands thing <laughs> outside the oh, courtroom God. where he just went off about a bunch of different shit. But of course, none of it's going to help him in court. He's desperate to make sure that his base is only getting his take on all this stuff because he needs to keep that base intact without that base which by the way isn't growing at all he's not winning new voters out of any of this he's hit a ceiling and that ceiling is actually getting lower and lower with time as people re-enter the donald trump scene and go oh fuck this guy again yeah, oh, right. And, and so he's got to keep he at least has to keep his base on board because if any of his base starts to go Hey, now, wait a second. What You mean he's a business fraud? That was his whole thing. That's why I'm on board with Donald Trump, because I thought he'd be a businessman. Wait, his success in his business is entirely about cooking the books? You know, he's lied on official business filings, and, and he doesn't want that to happen. So he's got to keep them in line as his desperate last stand. It's like a rear guard action, as they say in the military. But coming. Yeah, but Justice Marchand's decision to start former President Donald Trump's hush money trial in Manhattan next month opens the possibility that Mr. Trump's federal trial on charges of plotting to overturn the 2020 election could take place in the late spring or early summer. So they're talking about May for that case, the Judge Chutkin case. For Fonnie Willis? No, not Fonnie Willis. We're going to talk about Fonnie Willis later, too, because that's a whole separate story. Yeah. Oy vey is a great way to put it, Jerry. Thank you. So not happy about that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, my home team. I've got some takes from a few people whose uh, opinions I respect. So whether it's Harry Littman or Rachel Bittacoffer, they're all weighing in on the uh, proceedings in Georgia. So we'll talk about that later. But uh, this, uh, of course, marks a significant milestone for uh, Alvin Bragg, 
the first indictment of a former president, which charges uh, Trump with 34 felony counts of falsifying business records. And, of course, Trump pled uh, not guilty. Prosecutors accused Trump of improperly recording reimbursements to his then-fixer, Michael Cohen, who had paid off women, including adult film star Stormy Daniels, to keep quiet about affairs they allegedly had with the real estate mogul. Trump denies the affairs. Of course he does. Plus he, it's uh, not the affairs, though. It's the fraud that's the important part here. <laughs> that's not right. The fact that he cheated on his recently, uh, you know, first-time mom, you know, wife. Impregnated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's uh, a business fraud. That's what this is all about. That's the connective tissue yeah. between, you know, what's going on with Judge Engeron and Letitia James separately and over on the Alvin Bragg side of things in the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. This is about prosecuting Donald Trump for a similar kind of fraud. Improperly recording yeah. reimbursements to Michael Cohen to pay off Stormy Daniels. So once again, Donald Trump's business affairs wrought with fraud and lies and deception. This is your businessman president, ladies and gentlemen. He is absolutely not. He's a giant fraud. He's a phony baloney. Plus, he uh, wheeled out his lame excuse for why he called Nancy Pelosi Nikki Haley. I'm good. I want to hear this. What is seven, it? Seven, on seven <laughs> different Nikki occasions. Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley. I mean, he was totally having like a, Haley, you know, Nikki girl, you know, it's girl, you know, it's like the backing tape had stuck, you know, like his Millie Vanilli moment. He's like, Nikki Haley. Right. Nikki right. Haley. Yeah. Nikki Haley. Like, yeah. Here's essentially what Donald Trump said at his rally. I think this was his last night. I meant to do that. He meant to do yeah. it. <laughs> I meant to do he that. He meant yeah. to say Nikki Haley instead of Nancy Pelosi because they both stink, he says. They stink. But when I say that Obama is the president of our country, blah, 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 they go, he doesn't know that's Biden. He doesn't know. So it's very hard to be sarcastic. When I interpose. It's very, sarcastic? It's very hard to be sarcastic. Sarcastic, yeah. <laughs> Shit, man. Oh, my God. Uh, this happens so much. And mm. I, man, that White House press corps has a lot of nerve to say, oh, well, he said Mexico instead of Egypt. So fuck him. <laughs> I'm using the F word a lot today. Is that OK? Is everyone it's okay. OK with that? It's fucking fine. It's, it's fucking fine with fine. me. I don't even know. I don't even register it as the people. <laughs> on the, you know, <laughs> I just noticed that, man. I'm dropping the F bomb a lot. Today. As the Stephanie Miller show can tell you from my last appearance, I am uh, somewhat unfiltered as a person. <laughs> that's, that's true. So it's very hard to be sarcastic when snark, I interpose. Did he say, wait, did he say snark snarkastic? Yeah, he said snarkastic. He's <laughs> so hip. That's not fantastic. It's snarkastic. I got I to gotta wheel this back again. I got to hear this one more time. I got to translate it. I said no. So it's very hard to be sarcastic when I Kinda. interpose because I'm not a Nikki fan and I'm not a Pelosi fan. And when I purposely interpose names, purposely. they say he didn't know Pelosi. Yeah, interpose is not the word he's looking for. Mm -mm. Interpose is to put something in between two other things. Not to replace something so with something interchange. else. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Interpose. I guess this is one of the words that God, Stephen Miller like, whispered it's to just him. Like yeah. Going to the zoo and watching the ape like jack off and throw shit at the people. <laughs> you know, it's just he's like sitting here just making shit up out of his ass. Mm. You know. Yep. God. And by the Let's way, finish there, it. Let's finish the. Audio. There's some so weird dropouts in the audio. These aren't edits. This is just where the audio source that I got this uh, clip from just is weird. Interpose, because I'm not a Nikki fan and I'm not a Pelosi fan. And when I purposely interpose names, they said he didn't know Pelosi 
from Nikki. He almost did it again. He, yeah. uh-huh. he, he almost, almost didn't know Nikki from Pelosi from Nancy. <laughs> mm-hmm. From Very Tricky close. Nikki, Tricky Nikki. Tricky Nikki? Oh, he did. There, there we go. Then he said Tricky Dicky. And now he's trying to get cute. Oh, now it's Dick. <laughs> it's Dick Nixon, Tricky Dicky. Yeah, Tricky Dick. That was Richard Nixon. Mm-hmm. And now he's mm-hmm. saying Tricky Nikki and then also Tricky Dicky. Uh-huh. Oh, for fuck's oh, sake, man. Cheese, off cracker. There. <laughs> stop yes. him. Please. Please stop this man. That he didn't know Pelosi from Nikki. Nikki. From Tricky Nikki. Tricky Dicky. Oh my he god. Didn't know. I- Tricky Nikki, Sticky Nikki. Licky Nikki. Licky Nikki. Quickie Sticky Nikki. Quickie Nikki. Quickie Nikki. Sticky Nikki. Um, good God. Hicky Nikki. The name. Hicky Nikki. That's Game. a good Nikki. Clicky Nikki. Clicky Nikki. Oh, my God. Interpose, and they make a big deal out of it. I said, no, no, I think they both stink. They have something in common. They both stink. And well, then that means they have something in common with you, that. because you also stink. You, you, we know he's stinky. You smell like a poopy diaper, is what you smell yeah, like. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Stinky I also Nikki. think he probably applies aggressive amounts of really strong cologne. Oh yeah, you know he uses Lumi. You know he loves that commercial with no. the lady bending over and showing us. Oh, where. Stop! No, oh, he gets. Oh, I hate that commercial so much. He gets the he gets the cologne inserts in magazines and just rubs it onto his oh, shirt. Oh no, on the Sky Mall magazine, that one. Yeah, that's yeah. Where they used to sell his steaks. Or in the holdovers, Paul Giamatti sprays like disinfectant from the. The bathroom under his armpits because he's got that uh, disorder that makes him not be able to metabolize a certain thing. I think it's like methylamine or something like that that gives him this body odor. Have you seen the holdovers nominated mm-hmm. for Academy Award? Really yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Paul Giamatti and uh, Donald Trump stinks too. Said no, no. I think they both stink. They have something in common. They both stink. And remember this. And that's one of those times he... Can we go back to the fucking three-year-olds in the sandbox? It's stinky, you're stinky. And they're just like, God, I'm so tired of everything being reduced to like... Yeah. yeah. Open head wound level of inner... <laughs> you know, just like, for fuck's sake. Yeah. What is wrong with you? I love when he runs out of steam at the end of a sentence, too. And by love, yeah. I mean it drives me crazy when he gets to the end. Let's listen to this again. They make a big deal out of it. I said, no, no, I think they both stink. They have something in common. They both stink. They both, they both, they both, they have something in common, they both, because when he shouts like that, it uses up all the breath in his lungs, so he's just, mm-hmm. just completely runs out of, <laughs> runs okay, out of Grandpa, breath. let's take you back to your holding cell. <laughs> Get him an oxygen mask, stat. Oh, I think they both stink, they have something in common, they both stink. Never and remember stink. this, never. when I make a statement like that about Nikki, that means she will never be running for... Vice president, she will never be running with Well, there's a little news right there. Nikki Shocker. Haley won't be Trump's running mate. Didn't he already say she was too brown? Yeah, well, job? she's got too many syllables in her name. She's got two syllables, and Trump only has one syllable. So he's no, not going to have... for real, he said she had the wrong complexion to run for vice, to be his vice president. Uh, I did sh- say that. I'm sure he said that. That makes perfect sense. Look, any claim that's made about Donald Trump, I automatically assume that's true. Because there's no yeah. reason to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. He doesn't deserve it. So, yes, I have no evidence in front of me of that, David, but I'm going to go with it. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, and by the way, you know what we heard last week after the Robert Herr report dropped and the White House was scrambling to correct the record about it? 
Everyone right. was going in the uh, political press corps, in the White House press corps, certainly, but in the political press, they were going, hey, look, if you're explaining, you're losing, White House. How dare you explain yourself? And by the way, please explain yourself. What you meant by, when did you do that? What did he say? This is the fucking thing about our media. It's yeah. like, if you don't give them anything, they'll mm. make shit up. Right. And if you do yeah. give them things, they will argue about the fact that you gave it to them. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just, it's, that you cannot win. And they, whether it's like, and they all feel like they have to do this reflexive both sides thing. Yep. That they will throw their fucking shoulder out of the socket, like, mm-hmm. to completely ass their, like, ass fuck their argument with no lube, just to make it look like both sides are equally bad. And it just kills me. It's like, you do not, I mean, we at this point have like the Democratic Party and we have like an armed militant fascist party. And I feel like we've dropped, we've passed the point where it's like hyperbole to call them fascists. Mm -hmm. And we need to just, people need, but like if you try to tell anybody who works at the Washington fucking Post that. Yeah. They'll just be like, oh, God, you liberals. You're so, like, you know, you're so hysterical. Yeah, but David, David, John Stewart told me that if Donald Trump gets elected, it's not going to be the end of the country. So what are we worried about? Red pill. I'm not, John, go home. You're drunk, okay? We loved you in the 90s. You were a brilliant, shining star, but you have gotten old and complacent, and you're turning into Jerry Seinfeld, and it's time to go home. And we're going to talk about all of that after we take a short break. Back with more of the Big Thursday show right after this. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? more confident, capable surgeons, and even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out, unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. think you need a minute you know i didn't want to step over the lines this was a mutual agreement already decided you aren't that type of guy so dude why are you calling me i swear to god it's half past three i don't care if you want a joyride 
Yeah, this is a world premiere this is single. Great. Yes. Who is this? Yeah. This is a recording artist named Ciara Grace. Yes. Okay. And, and her mom is the great Lizanne Knott, who we have played here on the show many, many times. You've heard her uh, Christmas song over the Christmas season. You've heard I Like My Dog. Or is either I Like My Dog or I Love My Dog is the Lizanne Knott song we sometimes play. And the uh, talent apple doesn't fall far from the talent tree because uh, Ciara is amazing. This is her brand new single called Lost Cause. The album is out May 10th. So we're way ahead of the game on this here on the show. So once again, thank you to the great Mike Farley for providing us with uh, this The thing about the way she sings this yeah. is yeah. making me feel like I'm her best friend and she's confiding. You know, like, I don't yeah, know, maybe yeah. it's because it has that sort of phone sound mm-hmm. as well. Like, they've got part of it compressed down to like it sounds like it's coming through a phone speaker but yeah yeah well that may be your headphones downloading this as soon as we can uh (laughs) yeah unfortunately you can't download it yet but i'm gonna i'm gonna put a yeah i'm gonna put a link in the description though to support uh cr grace and and go to her website and stand by bookmark it why don't you if you like this single uh get ready for uh the premiere on may 10th okay bobseska.com slash music to submit your work to the show thank you for doing that so I watched John Stewart's debut episode, and I have some thoughts. Um, you have some thoughts, do you? Yeah. First of all, I will present the good, what I thought was good and funny, and that was the bait and switch with him setting it up as though Joe Biden uh, you know, forgot things, and instead he played clips of Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr. Right, and Eric funny. Trump forgetting things in depositions, mm-hmm. right? Saying, I don't recall, I don't remember. In fact, it was really funny when he played the clip of Donald Trump in a deposition saying that he doesn't remember if he has a good memory. Right. <laughs> Which is, this is like an Ouroboros of bullshit right there. And so I thought that was hilarious. But it was in the context of basically presenting this. Trump and Biden are the same. They're equally feeble and incompetent. But Biden in particular deserves more scrutiny for some reason, despite Trump's endless roster of, well, you can do the list. Crimes, indignities, lies, scams, promises of dictatorship, uh, World War III, things like that. But they're both the same, don't you know? It's a byproduct of being like rich and white and male and straight. Right. And it's gendered because like it just like you, you're you're comfortable like Bill Maher, like those guys, like no matter who's in the office, it will be catering to them because they're the white guys, yeah. you know, yeah. with all the money. Right. And so you're complacent and they just they, they lose sight, I guess, of the actual lives that are getting thrown into the meat grinder here. The trans kids mm-hmm. who are getting bullied by the state, yeah. which we yeah. should be fucking deeply ashamed of. Yes. The country. That is I mean. And to say that it's just the same either way mm-hmm. is just shows like how myopic your privilege can make you. Exactly. And that leads into the thing that I really objected to. Because, you know what? Look, ultimately, I'm accustomed to Jon Stewart's both siderism. This is something he's been doing for years and years and years. However, he said this about 18 minutes into that 20 minute A block. He said, if your guy loses, bad things might happen. But the country is not over. Hmm. That is incorrect. No. That is absolutely right. There are myriad things that will end this country if Joe Biden loses and Donald Trump wins. 
You gotta point him to the fucking Project Twenty Twenty Five website. There's you know? that. Yeah. There's well, yeah. Project. They, they want to completely dismantle all of the checks and balances. Mm-hmm. They want yep. to exterminate trans people. Yeah. They want uh-huh. to put immigrants and minorities in fucking camps. Yes. They said it. And people like us. Right. And this, it's not going to end with people of color. The roundup will then start to include dissidents, people who are disloyal to Donald Trump's dictatorship. And Jews. Yeah, exactly. Um, There was January 6th and the election theft plot that gave the very clear signal that if Donald Trump becomes president, once again, he will not leave. Right. He's repeatedly pledged to be a dictator on day one, but we all know that dictators don't give up their power until they're fucking dead. As you said, David, there's Project 2025. Plus, it's, Project 2025, by the way, calls for the stripping of the Department of Justice of its independence. Justice, right. <clears throat> yeah. Right. The Department of Justice will no longer be an independent agency, and it'll be moved under the direct control of the White House, transforming it into Trump's personal Gestapo. You can look this up. This is not hyperbole. I'm not making this up. I'm not being radical or conspiratorial about this. This is true. Um, who's going to tell Trump no when that happens, when all the federal law enforcement is under his direct control? Who's going to say no? Who's going to tell him that you have to leave office now because it's the end of your term? Nobody's going to tell him that. The presidency is going to be transformed into a Putin-style uh, tyrant-for-life <laughs> office. Plus, he's going to begin moving taxpayer money into his own bank accounts. Uh, He's going to be obviously mimicking his heroes in the Russian kleptocracy, (laughs) the oligarchs in Russia. You okay, Jody? Do you need a a sip of water or something? I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. I'm surprised Lonnie's not saying COVID because he does that every time I cough. Right. I know what you mean. Uh, But he's also going to order the military to start rounding up and arresting people of color, as we said. Um, plus maybe the enemies of the people, the press themselves. He told the NRA the other day, as we said before, that he's going to abolish all federal gun control laws. The Supreme Court is gone. I mean, we're talking about the very real possibility that people like Clarence Thomas and Sam Alito are going to be replaced by 40 and 30 year old jurists who are going to have decades more on the bench to ruin every university degrees. Yeah. If not, Mm -hmm. some of the liberals getting replaced so that we get closer to a nine nothing Supreme Court in favor of the. No, I'm thinking, David, it wouldn't be Liberty University, it'd be Trump University. That's right. That's right. I I don't think anybody graduated from that. Do you remember like it was like it was like supposed to be six weeks of courses and it ended up being two. Yeah. And half the instructors didn't show up. Uh, It was. (laughs) You know, typically slipshod Donald Trump Mm -hmm. shit. Of course. And, oh, by the way, he's going to absolutely support a national abortion ban. This is a fact. Oh, God, yeah. At least a 15-week ban. I mean, and then we go back to what he pledged to do over the weekend, which, you know what, by the way, I'm never going to shut the fuck up about this. I'm going to hammer this until and past Election Day, the fact that Donald Trump said, hey, look, Russia, come on in, invade Europe, do what you want, World War III, I don't care. I bet you $1,000 that if that happens, Donald Trump will pledge military aid to Vladimir Putin's endeavors as he invades Mm. Europe. Oh, absolutely. Finland, Poland, uh, Uh you know, some of the former Soviet satellites. All the Baltic states, yeah. All the Baltic states. Yeah, Estonia, (laughs) so forth. These nations are immediately in jeopardy if Donald Trump wins. And by the way, say goodbye to Ukraine. Mm -hmm. That'll be immediately annexed Mm -hmm. as Donald Trump pulls out support financially for uh, the Zelensky government. That's not going to happen. Or our, our support is not going to continue, I should say. 
and that's going right. to leave Ukraine vulnerable to Russia, and that's going to be annexed, and then Russia's going to move so on. So cracking me up that Putin called Tucker Carlson a punk. I mean, just <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, he thought he was doing this major media coup, yeah, and it yeah. was going to be so transgressive, mm-hmm. and it was going to make up for the fact that he doesn't have a platform anymore. Yeah, yeah. And fucking Putin turns around and was like, I was disappointed he was kind of Olympic. Yeah, right. You know, he didn't like ask any challenging questions. School, yeah, yeah. Fucked the guy with the biggest bluster on the football team and was like, he could not get it up. Yeah. You know, like, well, I mean, yeah. Just, just to just to seal up the uh, John Stewart side of this before we move on to Tucker Carlson. Oh, sorry, I, I just, sorry. Uh, no, that's okay. No, don't worry about it. We're going to get into this. But uh, yes, the country could very easily end if Donald Trump becomes president. But the other thing about that that gets lost in the mix of this quote is uh, some bad things are going to happen. That's a real great way to euphemize, to minimize the mass atrocities and the catastrophes for just regular people who want to live who they are, trans people, as we've said. Uh, God only knows the number of women, the number of people of color whose lives are going to be irreparably altered because of the existence of Donald Trump back in the White House. Yeah, bad things are going to happen. You better fucking believe it. I mean, that is a gigantic yeah. understatement. And then to say the country is not going to end, democracy is going to end in this country if Donald Trump wins. And he can afford to move to Canada because he has money. That's exactly it. He's a he multi-millionaire. He can afford to build himself a fucking compound with a 20-foot high wall with glass on the top. You know, like, yep. No, I mean, Trump would want to round him up, too, because he's a comedian and makes fun of him. So... No, he'd have to leave the country, and he can afford it with all of the animals that he does rescue, so he is a good person. Yeah. Um, but it, it, he can afford to leave. He, mm-hmm. Stephanie said today, she goes, he retired for nine years. Yeah. You know, I, I kinda, good for him. I kind of hope that that retirement, because he basically sat out the Trump administration, and I'm not going to be mm-hmm. resentful over that anymore. I'm going to move on. I swear to God, I am going to move. I'm not. I'm not pissed off that John Stewart sat it out. Not at all. No, no. We were all here in the trenches, feeling like we were about to fall over in our chairs at any second, watching outside the window for a mushroom cloud. Or worrying about the day that our address and home, like private number, would get popped up on some message board. Yeah, or Donald Trump's militias pounding on our door, etc. John Stewart sat that out. Okay. Well, he's got he's got personal he's got liberty. He can decide not to do it. That's fine. Fine. But anyway, yeah, what a great time to have the Republican nominee for president encouraging a Russian invasion of Europe when we found out yesterday that Mike Turner, who let's be clear about this, he's a member of the House Freedom Caucus. So, a yeah. little bit cuckoo. But he let it leak yesterday that it's possible that Russia is going to mount a nuclear weapon in orbit. So they're going to weaponize space is what the Mm. leak is all about from the House. uh, What is it? The House Intelligence Committee, which warned of a serious national security threat, called on Biden to declassify all information related to it. And I think why declassify it. We don't need to know. Yeah. He encouraged, uh, let's see, Turner said his committee had identified an urgent matter with regard to a destabilizing foreign military capability that should be known by all lawmakers. He encouraged them to come to a skiff to review the intelligence. Biden was made aware of the threat last week and directed National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan to offer a briefing to senior lawmakers. Uh, The top Democrat on the Intelligence Committee said the classified information is, quote, significant, but not a cause for panic, unquote. 
The House officials or the White House officials also confirmed that the matter is serious, but that there are ways to contain the threat without triggering mass panic. You know, like a nuclear weapon hovering over the United States. Mm. And uh, House Speaker Mike Johnson added, we just want to assure everybody steady hands are at the wheel. Yes, the, oh, Republi- <laughs> the Republican Party is on it. The fucking rapture baiters. Yeah. Fucking, you know. Right, here they come. Here comes the... Re- <laughs> they're ready to take this on and protect the nation. Because they're not at all unserious or childish. No, God no. And disor- they're not even disorganized, you know? They're... They got their shit together. So rest easy, America. (laughs) Mike Johnson is on top of things. It says here, Johnson nevertheless announced the House would start its two-week recess early. Members return on February 28th. And a partial government shutdown is scheduled to begin March 1st, unless they come up with something. Mm. Um, Yeah, so Politico's Olivia Beavers reported that uh, Freedom Caucus rep Andy Ogles is asking Speaker Johnson, yeah, you know what? I may have mixed up Mike Turner and Andy Ogles. Uh, Mike Turner, I don't know is a member if he's a member of the uh, House Freedom Caucus, but I do know that Andy Ogles is. He uh, is asking Speaker Johnson to formally open an inquiry into Intel Chair Mike Turner, a fellow Republican, claiming he was reckless in, in the way that he approached publicly raising concern about a national security threat this week. When was so, the last time Russia put anything into space? Yeah, I don't Long know. Long time ago. I, th- I think they're sending people to the International Space Station, aren't they? It's very, very expensive to put new hardware in space. It is. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. And they have like are already facing budget shortfalls from the Ukraine war. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. it is something to be aware of, but it is something that doesn't exist yet before you guys and start. And we'll like, shoot it out of the sky before it gets up there anyway. I think it would be hilarious if just this random, like, dead satellite just sort of plowed into it. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my. Skylab. Yeah, Skylab. Exactly. Oopsie doodle. Uh, we forgot to fix the trajectory on that one. Sorry, Vlad. Mm-hmm. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, meantime, speaking at a rally in South Carolina last night, Donald Trump said, I've been saying, look, if they're not going to pay, we're not going to protect, okay? Uh, Whiny diaper baby oh, said. Oh, for fuck's sake. The wh- guy who has bankrupted six times. Yeah. It's at least six, right? Mm-hmm. Pay your bills, pay your bills. Fuck you. You, got, he was, you he probably was, haven't even paid for the suit you're wearing. Yeah, he was really leaning on that accent, too. Really leaning heavily on the, I want to be an Italian mafia guy. Look at me. You got, they got to pay. They got to pay. Forget about it. They got to pay. They got to pay. Oh, God. I, I was like, oh, shut the, oh, my God, that voice. I'm going to play this clip again. From what he said over the weekend, this is his pledge to encourage a Russian invasion of Europe, to be entirely clear. They asked me that question. One of the presidents of a big country stood up and said, well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? I said, you didn't pay? You're delinquent? He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your bills. You got to pay your bills. Don't you know? You you piece of shit. Sorry. Of course, John Bolton, I don't know if you guys saw, was like, that never happened, by the way. He's like, that never, ever, ever happened. Yeah, of course not. Of course not. Uh, But uh, I think Vladimir Putin heard it loud and clear that if Donald Trump becomes president, yep, it's a a free-for-all in Eastern Europe. March but right even in. Even Putin said, I like this Biden guy better. <laughs> he's more competent. Or he's steadier. Like, Any world funny. leader should be saying that. 
Like, yeah, I, I know, I know, but the fact that Putin just like you know bought and sold the guy, yeah. installed him in the White House for four years, and now he's just like it's like the same thing with Tucker. Yeah, Donald it's Trump like, is a monkey with a machine gun. Everyone knows it, and everyone's terrified of that possibility. Not of him, of his behavior. Meantime, uh, Joe Biden doing the president thing, being presidential. And by the way, have you noticed Biden delivering a lot of remarks from the White House? No other Democrat on the bench can do that. The heft of the White House backing them up yeah. as they run. Just not going to happen. Here's Joe Biden condemning Donald Trump's statement about Russia. I mean that the rest of the world looks to us. The stakes are already high for American security before this bill was passed in the Senate last night. But in recent days, those stakes have risen. And that's because the former president has sent a dangerous and shockingly, frankly, un-American signal to the world. Just a few days ago, Trump gave an invitation to Putin to invade some of our allies, NATO allies. He said if an ally didn't spend enough money on defense, he would encourage Russia to, quote, do whatever the hell they want, end of quote. Can you imagine a former president of the United States saying that? The whole world heard it. The worst thing is he means it. No other president in our history has ever bowed down to a Russian dictator. Well, let me say this as clearly as I can. I never will. For God's sake, it's dumb, it's shameful, it's dangerous, it's un-American. When America gives us word, it means something. When we make a commitment, we keep it. And NATO is a sacred commitment. But, you know, he said Mexico instead of Egypt, so screw that guy. We got to go with the tyrant, you know, <laughs> making me crazy, making me go, what's wrong with people? Yeah, I'm having this argument right now. I wrote a piece in the banter about the John Stewart thing, uh, went up today, thebanter.substack.com, debating some guy in the comments who's like, yeah, you should step aside, man, and get another person in there because generic oh. candidates doing well in the polling. Well, you know, generic it's candidates... Like to me, it's like saying, okay, I'm not going to eat that steak because it's slightly overdone, and instead I'm going to eat a tire <laughs> soaked in anthrax. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. Well, it's like the generic candidate thing in polls. Generic candidates always do better than the actual candidates yeah. because they have no record. They have no scandals. They have no skeletons. There's no reporting about them. There's nothing hinky about who they are or what they've done so people can superimpose well i guess you're a generic candidate there's nothing wrong with that person so yeah sure fine better than trump but <laughs> why do i keep picturing gavin newsom's face every time you say generic candidate it's well, just funny to me because he looks like he was bred in a petri dish to be a generic <laughs> candidate you know? well he is actually you know what he's a tough cookie he is a sharp cat no i like him but he does look like i mean he's got like the perfect jawline like yeah. god gave him a politician's jawline yeah you're right you're right well he's going to be the guy in 2028 for absolute yeah, sure so. and yeah he's uh, at least you know that's the way it looks People were saying that about Ron DeSantis a couple of years ago, and look what happened to Ron DeSantis. People were saying that about Fred Thompson, what was it, 2008? And what has history showed us? History has proved that every time a party dumps their incumbent for president and replaces that, that incumbent, it's always a disaster. And then you add on to the, all of that with the resurgence of the Democrats in disarray meme, et cetera. What if there's an opposition research item about Gavin Newsom or someone else. I don't think anyone's serious is suggesting yeah. that, though, Bob. I don't think anyone, I, I don't think we're in imminent danger of anyone, like, just, you know, like, uh, crowbarring 
the no. president out of his seat. No, we're not going to have right. a no. splintered. Uh, no, no. The, the Democrats are in in alignment. Yes. Um, <clears throat> they are in alignment. And with Fred Thompson, though, I believe he had been a senator at one point, too. Yes, yes. But, I mean, when he appeared, he was going to be the guy. He was going to be like, oh, my yeah, God, he was it's supposed the to be Reagan. the guy. Yeah. And he didn't. And then he, he failed miserably on the national stage. As an <laughs> actor, you'd think he would have done better. Yeah. It was just like the Ron DeSantis thing. Oh, People took- uh, now I just remember who that is now. And yeah. Whoa, was that ever a, like, slow-motion car crash? Yeah. Remember, he was in Cape Fear. He's in a, a bunch yeah, of yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah. He was on Law & Order. Yeah, yeah. He was on Law & Order. He played the DA in Law & Order for years. Yep, yep. And so once people got a look at him, and I'm talking about Republicans, they were like, this is the guy we wanted? What? Wait a second. Can we backpedal on this? And that's exactly what they did. He didn't last very long. I think he dropped out even before the primary started, if I recall. I think so, too, yeah. Yeah, It's so funny, though, because they're all, you know, the first, anytime a a celebrity actor, performer speaks up against Republicans, Republicans are like, you need to stick to basketball or sing it or whatever. Yeah. But they are such gullible dipshits. Mm -hmm. The minute anybody famous says, I want to be Republican and run for, and they're just like, wee, he looks respectable, let's get him in there. And he turns out that he's an actor, you know, <laughs> he's actually just projecting competence and Fred Thompson just caved, but it just yeah. think about it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm embarrassed for them. Okay. Well, we're going to take a short break and I'll preface what we're going to talk about next uh, with this text that just came in from uh, the great Tim Russ. He just text messaged me and he said, so the freak commits almost a hundred crimes, including insurrection and attempted voter fraud. And who is in court today facing a judge? Oh no, not the actual criminal, but the prosecutor. Yeah. That's Tim Russ, Star Trek Voyager, Star Trek Picard, the great Vulcan Tuvok. Mm. Sending right. me this note okay. just now for just yeah, breaking news. Mm. Okay, we're going to talk about the Fonnie Willis thing here in just a second, plus uh, the big uh, win in the New York 3rd that occurred Tuesday night, I think, is a bellwether for what's going to happen in November. We'll get into all of that and more right after these words. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This is you fucking... are such a sucker for an '80s montage song. Like I gotta write an '80s montage, '80s movie montage song for you to play on your show because 
You love him. Yeah. Well, this is the great Bill Toms and his brand new single called I Fulfilled My Dream. On the doorstep of sea. And it's gorgeous. So good. Such a montage. (laughs) So good. So, so good. Yeah, you got to download this one, but not yet, because it doesn't drop until April. I'm so sorry. I'm... I know I'm a C-tease today with this music. You're totally, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will give you a link in the description to uh, go and camp out at Bill Toms' website and wait. That's what people should start doing. Just camp out at a website like they used to do in the old days outside the record stores and ticket booths. We used to do that in comments threads before comments threads turned into a shit-throwing monkey show. <laughs> That's right. They weren't always a shit-throwing monkey show? Are you kidding me? I thought they were. Well, we were the monkeys. The first, that's the thing. That's right. The first generation of monkeys. That's right. I forgot. Okay, so Democrats won a big special election and flipped George Santos's seat in the House. And it wasn't just a victory for Tom Suozzi. It was a bellwether for November because Tom Suozzi. How many many are they in the majority now? By like two? Yeah, the Democrats are going to control 213 seats to the Republicans 219. So there's still a little teeny tiny gap, but of course that gap is narrowing and it could narrow even more in November because the Democrats are outperforming all the polls. The Democrats are outperforming even the way they did in 2022. I mean, don't get happy. Yeah. Well, George Santos won this seat uh, with a margin of what it was uh, almost eight percentage points. And Tom Suozzi won the seat back with almost by almost eight percentage points. So uh, not only outperforming the polls, but outperforming previous Democratic uh, uh, wins and losses for that matter. So uh, that's all good news. And the way he was able to do this is he pulled a Jedi mind trick thing on uh, the Republicans (laughs) with immigration. And in fact, this is not just weapon season. Yeah, it's not, it's not just Tom Suozzi. It's the entire Democratic Party who have played the Republicans like a fiddle. And it's a beautiful thing. They have completely outflanked the Republicans on immigration. It's beautiful to observe. It's almost as though they set it up so that when they agree to the bipartisan uh, border security legislation, the $118 billion uh, bipartisan bill addressing the problem, the alleged crisis, It's almost as if they set them up to know that Donald Trump is going to come by and completely kill the whole thing, which is going to make them look like gigantic, inauthentic hypocrites on the immigration issue. Oh, they just want it for politics, right? Okay, I get it now. They have no interest in solving the problem. It's just about the politics. You know, because I mean, Trump's whole thing is that he says what he means and that he's an authentic guy. But this completely undermines that on the Republicans' uh, like signature issue, especially for this campaign. It just stripped the ball right out of their hands. It's, you know what it is? This reminds me of what happened in 2004, what the Republicans did to John Kerry. But the reverse, obviously. Flip the parties, and that's where we are. The Republicans were for it before they were against it. Remember how they attacked John Kerry for flip-flopping mm-hmm. on the $83 million mm-hmm. supplemental? And uh, John Kerry was for it when it contained certain amendments, and then those amendments were stripped out or added. I forget exactly what happened. Changed the bill so that John Kerry, when it went to the floor of the Senate, voted against it. But then they never let him live it down. It was a flip-flop, flip-flop the entire time. Mm. And the same thing, the Republicans walked into that same propeller this time with immigration. So You really need a sound card for that. What's Walking that? into the propeller. As oh, much as yeah. you like that metaphor, we need that sound. 
<laughs> we need Don't to like, drop a cantaloupe me. into a like industrial fan or something to get. Oh like, God, yeah. Someone who's got like a Foley studio needs to do that for us. It's got to be like a fast moving like fan or propeller blade, and then as you, you said, like a penny watermelon. through the head. From the David Letterman show, one of the sound effects. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that with a nice wet squashing noise of whatever it is or whoever it is splatting into a thousand pieces because of the propeller. I think that would be a great sound that I'll beat to death. Glorious. Yeah, make everyone sick of it. Um, we should have a contest, audience. Yeah. You're on. <laughs> yeah, make Bob, one. Spotlight's on you. Yeah. Um, oh, also, so we have this funny Willis situation, and there was a court proceeding about all of this. This has to do with the conflict of interest, where uh, Fonnie Willis apparently had this affair with this uh, uh, special prosecutor who works for her, her uh, one of her deputies, uh, Nathan Wade. So the Guardian reported today that Robin mm-hmm. Yerdy, a college friend of Fonnie Willis, testified at this evidentiary hearing that Willis and Wade began dating shortly after a municipal conference in 2019. This contradicts what Wade said in an affidavit uh, that the relation started in 2022. Uh, But Rachel Bittekoffer reported about this hearing that star witness against Fonnie Willis is falling apart on the stand right after being reminded that you have to tell the truth. She can't remember. <laughs> okay. Can't remember when Fonnie Willis told her about dating Wade. Can't remember what was said uh, when her attorney tried to help with quote. It is something you talked about often, like besties unquote. And her response was, "I don't know. I guess she's a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I guess that's <laughs> what's happening with there that witness. Go. That's yeah. your report on that you're giving to Congress. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, and Harry Lippman reports. Remember." This is all supposed to go to a possible financial conflict of interest in prosecuting the case on Willis's part. Very hard to see how it helps establish that. So that's good news. And uh, the great Allison Gill said, just want to note here, Mike Roman, who is, of course, the RICO defendant who filed these allegations in Fulton County, has two lawyers that are married to each other, cohabitating, taking trips together, hugging and kissing, Mm. And sending each other gifts, probably. Thank you for that, Allison. Fair enough. So, yeah, as Tim Russ said, the real criminal is in New York right now doing accordion hands outside the courtroom. And, of course, you know, prosecutors going after Fonnie Willis. I thought thought Trump said he was going to be in it at her hearing today because he wanted to make it even more of a circus. But I guess no, no. Oh, no, he tried outside. He tried. He said it was a witch hunt and that Joe Biden was running it and that even if he's convicted, it's not really a crime. I mean, he went on and on and on. (laughs) My God, what a surprise that is that he went to those old yarns because that's what he always says. He could just, you know, they should just make a Trump hologram that they just project outside the courtroom every time he's got another trial or hearing or something like that. Or just like a doll that's with a string that you pull. <laughs> yes, you know? like a chatty Cathy doll. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, in fact, someone should check the back of Donald Trump's head to see if there's like a string with a Yeah, do we pull it? it or, you know, yeah, you pull it and then you press the button God, to probably suck the string back in? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. Um, okay, so the Shadow Docket's coming up next. We had a hell of a great time on last week's Shadow Docket. In case you missed it, <laughs> you missed maybe yeah. the greatest Shadow like Docket. I, yeah, mm. yeah. Lots of uh, instances of too much information about our sex lives. 
<laughs> we, we, Such as they are. We compared fictional sex with real sex, <laughs> including what we do to prep our bed before we have sex. Things like that that happen in real life that you never see in movies. So, and, and some we of the- We gotta get things arranged. Yeah. And also we talk about some of the dangerous things they do in movies that always seem to work out for the participants, but in real life never works out. Like sex in the shower. Yeah. Like shattered- Never oh God, awesome. No, no, no. no. Sex no. in the shower is like the worst. It is. It is the worst. It very much is the worst. One person is always cold. Yes. One person's always what? freezing and nothing keeps it's me- It's slippery <laughs> and it's yeah. difficult to get traction and it's just, I want to get clean in a shower and then I'll get out of said shower and then have sex with you. Yeah, nothing keeps me more turgid than standing there upright and freezing to death. Man. It's the dumbest thing that movies have told us was sexy. I know. Yeah, well, it looks, when you film it right. It looks great. Yeah. But, Everything yeah. looks better wet and shiny, but in real in execution, don't grab onto the shower rod. It's not that. No, it's going to break. <laughs> Someone's going to break a hip. That's what's going to happen. Yes, hi, old people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if it's a glass shower, you can fall through the glass. I oh mean, God. come on, kids. <laughs> think about it. Yeah, ouch. Yeah, see, yeah. this, what you just heard was kind of a taste of what happened on last week's show. <laughs> kind of a disgusting, <laughs> oh, my God, are they really saying that taste? Yeah. So we're going to do another one here in just a couple of seconds. Patreon.com slash Bob Show. I don't know that it's going to be better than last week. But, you know, we'll try. We'll do our best. The rest of you freeliters, have a nice weekend. We'll do our best. (laughs) I'm one of them. Okay, bye-bye, everybody. Have a great weekend. See you on the after party. Take care. Bye-bye, bye.